kids get the popcorn out. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. Stay thirsty, my friends. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Touchdown, Packers! Football is nice! Lana! What? <laughs> Danger zone. Was gonna be this way. No! 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 Psych you out in the end. This is the way. It's morphin' time! David. I'd be better protected from mayhem. Like me. Hello, Wisconsin! Hello. I'm the doctor. Nerd! You flicked too hard, damn it! <laughs> Welcome ah. back, everybody, to another brand new episode of the nerdiest podcast in the Midwest, the Midwestern Nerds Podcast. I am your host this week, Brian Stoffel, joined by my partner in crime every week, Kyle Olson. We are the Midwestern Nerds. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds Podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can mail that to midwesternerds at gmail.com. You can find our show streaming wherever you can find a podcast. This week is going to be kicking it a little bit old school. And by a little bit old school, I mean we're going to bring on season one flavors this week. We promised you guys that we would talk about Moon Knight. We are going to be talking about Moon Knight, but we're just going to make it an overall MCU week this week. All of the MCU things came out since we last recorded that we want to talk about. We have a couple of final thoughts on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness that we forgot to put into our two and a half plus hours long of recording. We are going to be wrapping up our Moon Knight thoughts about the episodes that we didn't cover when Midwesterners TV talk kind of stopped. There is some exciting news involving Daredevil we're going to talk about. And there have been a couple of trailers that came out that are MCU related. All of these we are going to be talking about, as well as teasing an upcoming episode that's going to be happening within a few weeks to a month. Very exciting stuff coming your way so let's jump into it and get started right away i gotta ask kyle since we recorded our spoiler talk two weeks ago now yep over two weeks ago by the time uh, everybody gets this episode how many times have you seen multiverse of madness in the theater still only the twice i went the two times back to back and I didn't go back, mostly, I mean, for a number of reasons. I would love to go again. I genuinely love the movie, but now I'll probably wait until it comes out on Disney+. Plus. They announced that Multiverse of Madness is going to be coming, like, mid-June. Holy Not shit! <laughs> yeah, I will be watching it day of. <laughs> um, yeah, I... Man, while I was editing, so, okay, Brian hasn't gone back and listened to part two yet, but while I was editing part two, um, I I knew this part was going to come up because I obviously I said it and then I thought about it afterwards. 
I went on a very strong rant at one point about the seventh chair. <laughs> you did. I, I remember did. it was it was very uh, passionate. And uh, I'm a dumbass. That's that. That's basically what I. <laughs> I went in and re and recorded you know something after the fact. I was like, hey, I'm about to go on a really dumb rant. Uh, and basically, yeah, obviously the seventh chair isn't for Dr. Strange. Like I passionately was trying to explain to people, obviously there's a chair for the Sorcerer Supreme and obviously that is Mordo at the moment. So that empty chair should be someone. (laughs) So I'm a dumbass. I think the only logical answer is Black Panther. I've, I've, I've thought about it so many different times. It could be Iron Man, but the Avengers are already represented by Captain Carter it could be, I don't even know who else it could be. It could be like Thor or someone, but the, the cosmos is already covered by Captain Marvel. So like the only explanation is Black Panther. And which is really good because it also follows the comics that they asked Black Panther a couple times to be part of it. And he never really officially accepted. He, he, he was a part. Yeah, but it, it took him a while. So that could be the same 838 like this Black Panther also never did. So now he could join now a- after. I don't know if we're ever going to get more 838 stuff, but like he could. He Now he knows that f- over half of these people died. Now he has to join because it's only him and Mordo. <laughs> the three that I thought that it could have been and that I wanted it to be and the three that I found lacking and missing from the Illuminati as much as I loved seeing them on screen was Iron Man, which the writer of the movie did come out and say that he did plan to have Tom Cruise's Iron Man in there, but he's been so busy with all of the Mission Impossible movies going on that they couldn't make it work out. So that's a little disappointing. Black Panther, obviously, if that is who that chair was for, like I said in that in our spoiler talk, mm-hmm. I kind of wish that they would have made it look more throne-like, more Wakandan, sure. but just then to kind of give a little kinda, bit more of a nod to it. You would have had to know? do custom chairs for everyone almost. So if they would have done that, then I guess. Yeah, which, but I would have. I would have loved. Why to not? See, I guess. Yeah. Why not give everybody a a, a chair? Well, you know. Pro- yeah. Pro- Professor X has his own chair. Well, <laughs> why okay. can't everybody else have their? He kind of needs that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, honestly, if we would have saw Michael B. Jordan, like, as an alternate uh, Black Panther, that would have been so cool. Or just, you know, leave the chair open in honor of Chadwick Boseman. And yeah. then the other one that I wanted was Namor. Uh, those are yes. the three that are in the Illuminati in the books that were not present in the movie. The chair does leave it open, though, for interpretation of whoever you think should belong to that chair. For sure. That can be your headcanon. The one thing that I wanted to bring up Again, I I haven't listened to our spoiler talk since two weeks ago when doing it and then editing part one. So I don't remember fully talking about this, but I do remember not talking about it enough during the spoiler talk to the point where I was like, I need to bring it up this week. It's vision. Yeah, I, I, we 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 mentioned we mentioned his absence in the in the movie, and the more I've had time to sit with the movie and think about it, the more it bothers me that Wanda's sole goal and endgame in the movie was her children and not Vision, and the fact that it was I'm gonna go specifically to this one universe to get these children to be my children and to take that over. There's so many plot holes 
as far as logic goes, where you're like, why couldn't you find a universe where Wanda was dead and Vision was alive with the kids and then just go to that universe? Sure. How interesting would that have been if that would have been the case and her presence in that universe and her absence in our universe could have been enough to cause the start of a uh, uh, incursion sure to the point where doctor strange is then summoned to figure out what the hell's going on maybe that's how america comes in she's like hey like i've got these powers i don't really know what i'm doing but i've been thrown across these and i know that things aren't right and you're the guy who needs to fix it you know again hindsight 2020 we can we can write a better script after we've seen the movie but the fact and the fact too that it's come out that Sam Raimi didn't finish watching WandaVision <laughs> and that he got studio notes and consulted about what happened. It kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth with how things ended up happening in that movie, because you could clearly tell that there wasn't a clear connect that should have been there. Listen, and, and Vision's the, the big factor in that, you know, the fact too that she mentions him twice throughout that movie, it's like, it's it's the smoking gun. You mentioned the gun. We need to see the gun in like act one. We need to see the gun in act three. And the fact that we didn't, it was like, oh, OK, there's like it's lacking. It's missing. I need it. Check, <laughs> it's Chekhov's bet me. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Um, OK, I disagree. <laughs> I I I can also see where there isn't a clear connection to WandaVision and and Doctor Strange obviously but we have to remember wanda is not thinking clearly this is basically not wanda this is wanda and the dark hold and, and the dark hold making her like she's corrupted by that dark magic so she's not but thinking clearly it. her goal and is again, she wants her kids yes and i i understand that but i feel like and i brought this up last week and the week before in our spoiler talk too they needed to focus more on the fact that she was being corrupt and possessed by the dark hold to bring that more across because it very much felt like, Oh, I'm doing this of my own will and fruition, which wasn't totally the case. Sure. Yes. Her fingers were black and she wasn't acting like normal, but at the same time, it was the way the movie was written and the way that it plays out definitely feels like I'm choosing to do this it is my full choice to do these things. Sure. There's nothing really influencing me. I'm more or less using this dark hold, this book, this temple as a weapon, as a means to bring me to the end that I want. Like I said, it could have been a couple lines here and there. It could have been just uh, her like kind of doing like an internal battle like we see the one that's like the actual the real wanda that's trapped in her mind under the rubble i needed more moments like that where it was like okay like the wanda we know is being held back isn't fully in control isn't fully sure. capable of her own body and intentions right now like i needed more of that and it was it was like mentioned once so and shown maybe once or twice. And it was a lot of like, this is what you need to interpret. And I feel like the common moviegoer, that's going to go over their head. And it almost went over my head. I feel like 
the fact that I have to con- continuously throughout that movie tell myself and remind myself she's acting this way because she's being corrupted. The movie should help show that instead of me having to headcanon it and make those logic connections. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. And that's what's like, like, I do think they could have showed it better. But at the same time for me, right away, when she's talking to, when she's talking to Strange and then he figures out that she, you know, he didn't say America's name. So that that's what gives her away. And the whole thing turns away. It's just a red wasteland of dead trees. She's in a new darker attire. Like, and she's already like, okay, yeah, give me America Chavez or I'm going to come fucking attack uh the sanctum santo like that was like such a big turn for me and again that that's me as a marvel fan who's seen wanda and wandavision and seen all these other movies so as the casual viewer you are kind of fucked there but like for me it was such a dark turn and such a like okay this isn't one obviously when wanda was in grief before over vision she you know obviously she she tortured a lot of people but she was she was she created a, a universe she wasn't actively going to all their multiverse you know like like it was for me it was just such a big step that it was like, okay, Darkhold. Because we had already seen the Darkhold again in WandaVision. So like like you said, yes, it should have been explained better in the movie. <sighs> this movie, again and again, and maybe this is becoming an issue, but these movies are for the Marvel fans. It's not necessarily always for the casual fan. I think there are movies that are still for casual fans, but this one definitely was like, you're a hardcore Marvel fan. Here's John Krasinski. <laughs> yeah. But again, me being that hardcore Marvel fan. Also, like... also on Vision. Sorry, <laughs> I needed to say that. So obviously, our Vision in 616 is he's back, but he doesn't. So he's white Vision. He has all the memories, but he doesn't have the soul of Vision. So he doesn't have the same feelings for Wanda. He's out doing something. It would have been cool to see him at some point in this movie, but I'd rather leave that for another time because now Wanda and Vision are both just gone. And I think that's very interesting for them to just bring one of them or both of them back at the same time. Maybe Vision goes and finds Wanda. I don't know. There's a lot of things that could go on here. As far as 838 Vision, there's been weird interviews and stuff of saying that like Wanda and Vision are separated in that universe or maybe they just were never together because there's a theory with uh, Thanos' gauntlet that the Soul Stone isn't there. So Vision is either still alive or never existed. (laughs) That's how we can come to terms with that with the Soul Stone not being on his gauntlet. But again, it's just, why didn't you find a different universe then? You know? Like, yeah. The fact, the fact that. But again, she was she just even looking for the even has the kids. line where she's like, I had to rip, like, the Mind Stone out of him. Like, yeah. that she brings up to Doctor Strange again. It's like, clearly you're still feeling something there. See, and but. And the fact that, like, but he WandaVision, was the most important. But because of WandaVision, she's not. She knows she's going to see Vision again. So she's focused on, she doesn't know she's going to see her kids again. Again, this is my headcanon. This is me explaining it. So I, Again, I do agree with yes. you. Headcanon. Yeah. Headcanon. The movie needs to show and explain these things. Like I'm more we, forgiving we, on that front. Uh, <laughs> it, I get it. it. I do get it. It depends. Like y- your movie's not doing your job. It's job if you have to constantly headcanon, headcanon, headcanon to tie up loose ends and to fill in gaps. Yes and no. So, There's a fine line between that and good storytelling. There's a fine line where there, where you can tell a story without shoving it in the audience's face, but there yes. is, but you also, like I said, it's a very fine line. It's hard for me to even analyze here. We we disagree here, but I feel like they they didn't tiptoe on that line. No, I I, like I, I do agree with you. I'm just 
I'm one that likes to fill in my own headcanon. I feel reward. I feel rewarded when I do that. So that's where we disagree. I think. Okay. We've had more than enough time to talk about this movie. You all are probably sick of hearing us bicker back and forth about this movie. I think it's fun. I could go on for another four hours. I could go on for so long. But that's not the full sole focus of this episode. Let's jump in to the show that we were super hyped about and we talked a lot about and we spent a lot of time with and then we completely jumped off of it as far as content on the show goes yeah. and that would be moon Knight. it's it, been over for gosh almost a month already isn't that, that crazy is, how fast time is going it's crazy that it's been a month because engelbert humperdinck is still stuck in my head on a daily basis okay. every day <laughs> i wake up it just it's just lives rent free in my head so internet can be very loud a <laughs> lot Internet wasn't totally in love with how this show wrapped up. We didn't talk about the last three episodes. I think yeah, we, two or three. I think we, yeah. So before we get to the end of that, and before we get to our thoughts on that, Kyle, you revisited this show, and I didn't get the chance to revisit this apart from my first viewing. What were your thoughts from the middle of the season up to the end? I love this show. <laughs> I And I will say that to this has easily, and I've come to this decision where it is my new favorite Marvel series. It's just so good. I The middle episodes were really good, especially I think, I think where me and you left off was the cliffhanger of Mark being in the, um, the hell do you call it? The mental Institute. I think that's where the cliffhanger was. So then the next two episodes were them in the duot. And then the final episode was them kind of getting, you know, so I thought it was really good because it played into us who read the comic too. And the, those of us, those of the few who knew Moon Knight from the comics, um, it played into that same, what is real? What isn't there's, there's Mark and Steven on earth. And then they're in Dr. Harrow's office where he's a doctor now he's they call him Ned Flanders at one point, which that's exactly what he looks like. Um, <laughs> and then there's also him or them, both of them in different bodies in the Institute in the hallways. And they meet the, the goddess Tawedit and outside of those doors is the, the duot where they've got to balance the scales. They go through their, each other's memories. It's just so, I don't know. It's it was just so good. The storytelling was amazing. The, the reveals, the the fake deaths too. I mean, I really thought Steven was just gone and now Mark was just like I was like why would they even do that? But then they bring him back and then man, yeah. I just I can't even like it, it's hard for me to separate those episodes too since I watched all 6 in one day on the second one rewatch. It was basically like a long movie. Um, yeah, I, and I, I love how the show ended. I know people complain about the big CGI fights and Marvel just does it too often. And there's always a sky laser beam. And I, I don't know, man, I love the way that they gave us so much, but also kind of took away. They, they didn't show us the last fight. They actually like jumps. They jumped away from the actual final fight and showed us the after credits or the aftermath of it. 
and then didn't explain anything. Like, what show does that? What show is just like, here's the final bit. We're going to take away five minutes of the fight, and you're not going to know what it is. Like, I was so interested in it. And then they still were able to, what we thought, wrap it up and just uh, entomb Amit into Harrow. And then put Harrow in a mental institute, apparently. And then we get the after credit scene, which was just mwah, so good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, I I thought the show was really good. I Again, I, I saw a lot of people talking about the final episode and how it was disappointing or whatever. You know why it was disappointing is because you had high expectations. <laughs> that's all. That's that's what it comes down to. I I I go into all these shows without expectations, and I'm rewarded for that most of the time. <laughs> I liked the show. I liked the show a lot. This show came out kind of in a weird time in my life, where we basically got a toddler of a furball baby <laughs> puppy, and I wasn't as fully invested into it mentally as I wish that I would have been. But again, I did enjoy it. I had a lot of fun with it. There are things that I feel like I probably missed and some like finer details that if I would have gone into it completely open, that I would have enjoyed it more than I did. But I'm not saying that I hated it when I say this either. I I did have a really good time with this show. I felt like I I liked the mystery of it. I liked that even knowing as much as I did about the character and then our Midwesterners read that we did, I still felt just as lost as anybody else going into the show of what's going on, what's real, what's fake. I feel like the knowledge that I had about the character made it more confusing at times. Cause I was like, wait a minute, like this is kind of how things go here or I know this detail and that detail that maybe your common viewer might not pick up on that I picked up on. And then seeing those things like added more confusion to the mystery of what was going on. Oscar Isaac was phenomenal in the role playing all three uh, characters here, uh, which we'll get to shortly. The last two episodes I felt like were some of the strongest in the show. 100%. I, I liked what they did with his backstory more in the show than what was yeah. from what we had read in that series, which rarely happens. Yeah, it, actually, it, now that you rarely, that. rarely do I go in, do I come out of something that's based off of something? And I'm like, that was better than the original source material. But in this case, I felt like the tragedy of his brother and his mother and the lack of intervening with his father and all of that trauma building up to these personalities. I feel like it was a lot more effective and hit stronger than it did in the series, than how it came about in the series. A lot of people talk about how that episode five was the strongest in the show. And I, I would agree with that. Um, and Moon Knight isn't in it in that episode at all you get mark and steven god that's but true. you don't you don't get moon knight at all just to go in on that too like again what they do in the comics is good and especially the i should say just the comic that we read i think there are 
other ones that are... I think he has different origins depending on the, the few comics that he has. But I like I like the show more like you do because it, it does seem a little bit more true to what I know of D.I.D. as well. Where in the, in the comic that we read, he had already had those multiple personalities and then his dad died. And then he used those as a coping mechanism. But th- th- this was like, okay, something happened. And then it kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where he broke and created an alternate identity where in again that to to what i've heard in my to, to the little knowledge that i actually know about did that is a lot more to what actually happened so i i absolutely love to hear that kind of feedback on stuff to know that it's actually that true to real life and then episode six all of the moon knight and mr knight that we missed throughout the series definitely made up for in the end everyone like I said, the internet gets very loud about, oh, it's just it's just a CGI superhero fight. And it's like, do you realize you are watching a Marvel show? If you it don't, is a if you superhero a, show. If you want to see and, a fight that's not CGI, <laughs> go fucking watch the UFC. <laughs> or just watch Daredevil. Yeah, that too. <laughs> There's that. There's that as well. Oh, it's so irritating to hear, uh, like... <laughs> like people that go see fucking Godzilla and King Kong. Ooh, you're just a big two. Yeah, why did you go watch the movie then? <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Uh, yes. I enjoyed I enjoyed Amit coming up and I I liked the the giant uh kaiju battle that was going on in the background while awesome. our uh main characters were fighting on the streets. Awesome. I love the angle where uh the tables are turning and when the tables are turning the camera is tilting along with it, and uh, Harrow is walking towards the camera with uh, Ahmet striking down Kanchu into the pyramids in the background, and the camera's turning so you know that, oh, the tables are turning and things are not going the way our heroes intend to. Visually, that was just there a was, beautiful standout shot. There was another shot like that early in the battle when Moon Knight first gets there and, and uh, Harrow's on the top of the pyramid, right? Harrow starts running down the pyramid. Moon Knight starts running up the pyramid. And as they're getting closer, it levels out and the moon is perfectly in the center. Even though Moon Knight is running up and has the disadvantage and Harrow has the high ground, Anakin, the, the, <laughs> the, the shot levels out. And Moon Knight lands a fucking uppercut knee to Harrow that just looks awesome with the moon, like I said, perfectly in the center. Even though he had the disadvantage, he still got the first attack. Like, it was so cool. Ah, just the the cinematography in this battle, too, with Moon Knight and Mr. Knight switching out. And, like, one yes. at one time, Mr. Knight throws one of his batons and it bounces back and fucking Moon Knight catches it. And it's like, what the hell is going on? It was so he, Mr. Knight gets kicked into a fucking building and then all of a sudden the grappling hook comes out and it's Moon Knight again. Like, they were just switching back and forth. And Layla, as the Scarlet, Scarlet Scarab, looked awesome. She fought like a badass. It was so cool. I absolutely loved this end fight. And you have the gods, the giant gods in the background, while the two avatars are fighting on the ground. Literally what, like, Egyptian, like, religion was not, like, the, it was always, the the gods were the biggest battle, but it was always fought on Earth with the avatars. Like, that's that's where a lot of that comes from. And it was just so perp- perfectly represented. Ah, I just loved it. 
I loved and really enjoyed this whole fight too, up until the point where you loved, I, along God, with a lot so of people, good. did not love. I did not like that we didn't get to see what happened. This was the one, one of the only times throughout watching this whole show where I was very audible, and it was not the good audible when he starts to like flicker out and then it shows like, he comes to and all the destructions going on and Harrow's knocked out and looks like he could be dead, like in his grip and uh, Layla's looking at him all horrified. I was like, no, I wanted to see that to me. I felt like that was, that was Disney being like, Nope, we can't get to adult here. Like we can, we can, sh- we can tease it and show it a little bit, but that might be going a little too dark. That might be getting a little too adult. Because I think it could have been effective if you would have seen Mark like look up and his eyes flutter like he does when he's like changing over. And then all of a sudden, it gets real brutal real quick. And Layla's like, what's going on? And we see him not acting the way that he would usually act. And we're like, what's going on? And then he comes to, so then we know that, oh, hey, something like it, was it Steven that was doing that? Which is what your common viewer might think. Cause they're like, oh, there's only two personalities, but us being like, oh, that was the third right there. And they don't have to like confirm it until that last scene that, oh yes, that was the third. Listen, they just put, I wanted it. They just put all the Defender series on Disney+. Plus. They are not afraid to get to that level. What they're doing... And why didn't that, they? What they're why doing they? is they're building to it. They're building to it. They teased it. Because it you felt, know damn well that we're going to get a second season of this show. And we are... The, I guarantee you, I will put money on it right now. The first scene, if not the first scene, in the first episode, we will see that fight. From Jake Lockley's point of view, I guarantee we will see that fight. That's the thing, though. Is Moon Knight going to be back? Absolutely. Is he going to be back in a season two? Technically and legally, I don't think he can. What? Because Marvel submitted to the Emmys that Moon Knight was a limited series. And the only way that they could do that, that submission to that award show, is if, in fact, that was a limited series. Because... There was a different show that did that something similar to that where they were like, we're only going to do a one and done like and they put it in as a limited series. And then when they came back for a season two, that's why the Emmys changed their rules so that like shows cannot do that. So the fact that Marvel submitted Moon Knight for a limited series, I, I feel like there's ways that they can get around it. Sure. You could do a Moon Knight movie, which. Yep. With how popular this series was, I feel like they could honestly do. Easily. I feel like Oscar Isaac, being a movie star, would be more down for doing a movie they could, than doing a TV show. They could also be um, cheeky and do, you know, oh, we're doing Boba Fett. We're not going to do season three of Mandalorian, or what a, the next season of Mandalorian. We're doing Boba Fett. Or the other way that I thought, too, which, like, I'm sure they would... they would get some dirty looks from the emmys but (laughs) they could easily rename it to like mark specter moon knight or like jake lockley moon knight and we're focusing more on the jake lockley persona that makes uh, the moon knight (laughs) yes or the moon knight or 
or Tales of the Moon Knight, yeah. they could easily change it up and just that add does seem it interesting. Where it's like because especially when they up when they uploaded episode six, uh, they changed their verbiage like day to day. They said season, f- they said series finale, but then they said season finale in a different tweet too. So yeah. There was a lot of speculation on that. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I still stand by it. Even I think we would do a movie if we don't get a second season. And I stand by that. We will see that fight scene. 100%. I just, I I felt like it was, I, I, I felt cheapened. You know, it made I, I me felt... excited because when they cut out and it cut back and I knew the episode was almost over. Like, I knew we were almost like, I was like, oh, my God, that was that was Jake Lockley. Are we even like what the? And then I was just like, "Oh my god, we like this is one hundred percent." Jake Lockley is what? What's going on? That was me. See, you were like, you were like, "Oh my god, yes, it's Jake Lockley," and I was like, "Oh my god, that was Jake Lockley." I wanted to see that. <laughs> like, I I felt cheapened. I'm all I, about a tease. I that was no no. Just, <laughs> if if you're gonna tease, commit. Like I, I like that I, I like that me and you are disagreeing today. This is good. <laughs> yes, uh, but yes. Then we got that we did get the end credit scene where uh, Harrow's in the mental institute. He sees sand in his coffee cup. That was awesome. And then uh, Jake Lockley presumably comes in and he's gra- he he persuades the nurse. Just hey, don't worry, I'm gonna take this guy. He starts pushing pushing Harrow out of the mental institute. You see a dead guy over on the right behind the counter, and then. He throws him into a limo with license plate that's a Spectre, just like in the comic, even though sometimes it's a cab. This time it's a limo. Throws him into the back seat where Harold sits up and sees Khonshu in the fucking suit and just looks so awesome and clean and like the comics. And then Khonshu says, why would I ever, you know, obviously I'm going to let those two go, but they, Mark doesn't know how truly troubled he actually is. Meet my, meet my friend. Jake Lockley and Jake pops out speaking Spanish. Your time to die. Bat, bat, bat. Silencer gun kills. Assume, assumably kills Harrow. You, we don't see a body, so it's Marvel. Who knows? But and then yeah. they drive away. Yeah, awesome. J- that the confirmation of Jake Lockley. First of all, he looks Oscar Isaac is just he's just an amazing actor. I love him. Yeah, th- this gave me all I needed for either a second season or a movie of Moon Knight. I loved that he had the hat. Yeah, a tiny part of me was a little disappointed he didn't have the fake mustache mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of how prominent the fake mustache was in the series that Would we have read. I bet and you Oscar Isaac looks were... great with a mustache, right? And the fact too in the books that they were like, "Why do you wear a fake mustache?" Like, I wanted to see like a uh, an absolutely obvious fake mustache on For him. Sure. Like, I I wanted to see it, but I get. I get why they didn't, but and it was realized, it was only. Sorry, I just realized we could get a Scarlet Scarab series, and 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 Jake Lockley could be the the villain. That's could. how we could get this. We could, or we just get a Midnight Suns, and they both show up in which that. is that's confirmed, isn't it? I don't know if it's been officially confirmed, but there's some there's been, Sun- I thought there was. Something there's like been that. lots of talks about it. Oscar Isaac himself has express that he's very interested to see the character in that fair enough but i don't think it's been officially confirmed the only other thing that i would say about that last episode too is i wanted it to be a little bit longer it it felt the pacing felt kind of rushed like we needed to get stuff done and i wanted to feel the weight more of harrow and amit working together than what we did especially with 
episode five and all those souls are falling uh into the realm and um the hippo what's her name uh where she, yeah tara where she's like what's going on like this isn't normal this shouldn't be happening like i wanted to see what that looks like on the surface level and i don't feel like we really got to see the weight of amet being here like this whole show was building up to amet being here and as much as i loved the kaiju fight that's about all that it amounted to like there were no there was no weight to Amit being released and being free, really. I think a lot of people are still dead. I don't think those people are coming back. True, but I wanted to see, like, I wanted to see how that affects the world, you know? Sure. Like, I wanted to see some kind of effect of, like, sure. they could have easily just had to, like, all of a sudden, it's kind of, like, not quite to the level, but almost like an end game where everybody's, like, where, why are half the people now dead? Like, what's going on? Like I, I needed a little bit more time with that. Like I wish we could have had like an episode where we were seeing what's going up on up on on the surface level, and then maybe stretch out that last episode a little bit more to include sure uh, both Layla and then Mark when he comes back, being like, "Oh hey, like there's a lot of people that are gone. Like there's a lot of destruction and chaos going on." Like, this is all the more reason why this needs to be stopped, you know? Yeah. That, overall, was how I felt about that last episode. But, yeah, this definitely sits towards the top Marvel shows for me, personally, if I was to rank them. Uh, it definitely sits towards the top of that list. Definitely in the top three. I would have to re go back and rewatch some of these, but uh, WandaVision and Loki are definitely uh, up there as well. But yeah, I I love the character. I love Oscar Isaac. I love everything that the show introduced, and I want to see more of it. So that in in and of itself, I would say is a win. Agreed. We tiptoed around this show a couple times, so let's jump into our next topic. It was confirmed, and kind of not confirmed uh, this week. <laughs> That Disney Plus is, in fact, moving forward with a Daredevil series. There have been two writers that have been tapped to pen the series. Two writers that do a lot of, like, crime and drama shows for, like, what used to be USA, that channel, um, and a lot of series like that. This news came exclusively from Variety, uh, which is a reputable Hollywood movie uh, new source Disney and Kevin Feige haven't officially come out and confirm it but the fact that this entertainment news site did that is so reputable can pretty much be confirmed Kyle you finally got through Daredevil now you hear that there that he's coming back what are your thoughts what are your feelings where are you right now this made me so excited not only because yes we're gonna get a fourth season but that means he's going to be in the MCU. Like, it's 100... Like, obviously, we already had him in the... But, like, maybe that was just a camp. No. He is going to be in the MCU right now. I fully expect him to be in what we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. I fully expect Matt Murdock to show up in She-Hulk. At least once. I think it needs to happen. Just because they're both lawyers. Like, I, that's, the, that's literally the only reason that I can think of. But they're both 
they're creating that superhero wing of lawyers. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yes, I am unbelievably, unbelievably excited for this, especially with how awesome Kingpin was. I hope he's not like super human Kingpin like he was in Hawkeye. I hope he's a little more, you know, smash a dude's head off with a car door uh, Kingpin, (laughs) (laughs) which is still one of the greatest. Just I. Wow. Um, Yeah, I very excited to hear this news. Uh, Like I said, I think, again, I think it's very pointed the timing of this where they just released the She-Hulk trailer and then they announced this it feels like maybe they're i don't know if they're creating expectations on purpose or if that was a coincidence but i do think that the timing is interesting well the fact that matt murdoch shows up in no way home days before kingpin fully showed up in hawkeye now like you said we got the she hulk show coming out echo was also announced that it's going into production pumped he wasn't he wasn't um, on the list of actors for that series that was announced. So if he does show up in there, it would probably be like a cameo or like one episode. Sure. But those two characters are so connected into the comics. It would be kind of baffling if they if he didn't show up as well as Vincent D'Onofrio. If you watched Hawkeye. He's very prominent in her backstory, and this show, at least from the synopsis, it sounds like they are going to dive back into her backstory again. So I don't know how you do that and not bring back Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin into that mix. And then, like you said, we got this Daredevil show that's yep. that's uh, coming out. I will. I am excited for it. I will reserve my levels of excitement when we get more information on it and more announcements i have to put i feel like i almost have to put the netflix seasons like three seasons to one side oh for sure while i'm very excited for daredevil because he is one of my favorite uh, marvel characters and i'm very excited to see him in the mcu and interact with these heroes that i love i don't think we're going to get to the level that the Netflix series was as far as like the grit, the fact that Moon Knight didn't have the, uh, the Jake Lockley fight that I wanted to see. And we saw a little bit of blood, but we didn't. And it was a bit more intense than most Marvel stuff, but we didn't quite get to that brutality that Kevin Feige was like, oh, it's brutal. Like, I was expecting closer to the Netflix side of that than what we got. So the you're, fact that we haven't fully gotten there yet. You're talking about Doctor Strange? I did see Doctor Strange, but I again, that was You saw Black close. Bolt die, right? <laughs> yes, I did see that. <laughs> Black Bolt's death will haunt me for a long time. Until until we see that level in the Disney Plus. Series. No, and I get it, especially because the way that they did Captain Carter too, where they I think they showed a little bit of blood on the shield. I yeah I no I I understand your reservation there because they haven't really showed us too much. They've there's been people on spikes, but there hasn't been blood, and they've yeah I understand. But the again the fact that they did put those Defender series on Disney Plus, the fact that they're doing Daredevil, the fact that they already have D'Onofrio and they already have charlie cox and the fact that they're planning on doing like deadpool and shit like that too i just can't i can't see them 
the people, the Marvel, the fan service people, I can't see them taking all these properties and not doing them correctly as far as blood and guts or R-rated shit. Like, I I just see them doing what they need to do. I hope you're right. Like I said, I, I will always be excited that we are getting Daredevil in the MCU. Like I said, I'm going to I'm going to have to take some time, though, to separate those two things. Actually, sorry. Last thing on Daredevil. Yes. There was apparently I don't I haven't seen the actual post or anything like that, but apparently the actress and the actor for Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were extremely hyping up this Daredevil announcement on social media. I just wanted to throw that out there. Give it to me. Uh, please. Oh, Mike, <laughs> Michael Coulter as Luke Cage. I will gladly take him back. Christian Ritter. Yes. Didn't fully win me over as, as Jessica Jones, what? but I will, I will take her back. Okay. Um, I feel, <laughs> yes. It's mighty noble of you. <laughs> There's <laughs> back, back when I used to live in Milwaukee, this was gosh, almost 10 years ago at this point that I had a YouTube channel that I did and I did a review of season one of Jessica Jones. And I, I said that uh, Kristen Ritter's acting was uh, resting bitch face the entire <laughs> time, which that's fair, honestly, sometimes works with that character. But a lot of times didn't work for me in that show. They had a post um, to get. Uh, where's my phone? It's her. Oh, Look I at see it. It's Jessica and Luke. You're telling me that they posted that on a, she's just randomly posted Jessica Jones shit all of a sudden again. Listen, I'm just bring saying them back, please. And then and then we don't need to bring back uh, <laughs> what's what's his face who played Danny Rand. Just bring back Colleen Wing as uh, the Iron Fist yes. and we're, we're good to go. We're solid. And Misty Knight. I enjoyed her too. bring her back as well. Who was Finn Jones? Yes, know. we could we could easily recast him and i think everybody would be absolutely okay with that you know except for finn jones nothing uh, against finn jones but the top thing on his imdb is iron fist so i don't yeah that yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> let's do a very brief very brief 180 here i promise this will connect to mcu some way shape or form but there was another trailer that dropped that i want to talk about for a couple seconds before we get into our main trailers. Kyle, how do I want to put this? <laughs> how invested are you into the Mission Impossible franchise? Ah, uh, <laughs> do you want my honest answer? Yes. <laughs> I could not give a fuck. And Dude, I apologize. And I apologize for that answer. I've, I genuinely, and I, I only say that because I've never seen one of any of them. I bet you if I sat down and this is who I am, I don't care about something until I see it. And then I pour my entire being into it. So like, I guarantee you, if I sat down and watched the first one, I would binge watch the rest of them. So I just haven't seen them. So when this trailer dropped and everyone was freaking out, I was like, oh, cool. But look at gore. <laughs> yes, you are doing a disservice to yourself. Yes. There are six movies currently out. You have a whole year to catch up. Hmm. Because while I was excited for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 trailer coming out this week, I was also angry that they dropped it this week because I want that movie now. And the fact that they're like, coming July 2023. I was like, that's so... Why are you, sh 
Why are you showing me this trailer now? Because I want this movie now. It looks so good. Fucking blue ballsing. Ugh, I'm I'm telling you, you gotta go back. You gotta watch those. The first one is a good late 80s, early 90s spy action movie. All right. The second one is the weakest in the franchise. <laughs> three, three is my favorite. Okay. And four is where he just does, I'm going to do all these stunts that I'm death defying and I'm going to hang off of the tallest building in the world. And that's where those start in four. And then it gets more and more crazy from there. And it it's one of those franchises that continues to get better with each movie. I think I can confidently say in the next 13 months, I can probably watch six movies. You definitely should. <laughs> you definitely should. Just power through. The first one is good. I don't know. You might, you'll probably think, oh, it was okay. Because I look through. at, I, I look at your young and eyes. You need to power through two. All two right. can be a little bit of a struggle, but after that, you're golden. And then you'll be hooked from there. All right. Once you get into three. I can. But anyway. Yes. Like I said, a slight 180. The way that this ties into MCU is Haley Atwell, ah. our Peggy Carter, is in the next movie. I did not know that until this trailer came up. And then I was cool. The, the couple shots that they showed of her the first time I was like, was that Haley Atwell? <laughs> like, I almost went back. But then I was so invested in what was going on. Like, I kept watching. And then she shows up a couple more times. And I was like, that is Haley Atwell. So excited for this movie. So. That is our tie into our MCU talk. Uh, let's keep going, though, into different trailers, MCU trailers, trailers that relate more to our main topic this week. Yes. Starting off with the She-Hulk trailer dropping August 17th, correct? I, yes, sure. I believe I'll, so. I'll conf- I was very excited for this show, and this trailer makes me just as equally as excited. It definitely feels a little bit lighter and somewhat self-aware kind of like the most popular she-hulk run from the early 90s with john byrne i like that we get a lot of mark ruffalo hulk mm-hmm. in this trailer we get smart hulk back we get abomination oh. in this trailer we get both him in abomination form and tim roth Love, like, Tim, I just need to say, Tim Roth definitely should not have been cast as Abomination, but I love Tim Roth as an actor, so I'm very I'm, happy that he's coming back. I'm very curious to see how he can change back, because it, yeah, it, I, from what I understood was that he was stuck that way. So my under, not my understanding, my assumption, again, my own headcanon, which I like to do, I think the tank that he's in, the, the cell, is almost like a power dampening cell. So he, so when he's, when we see that abomination growing, maybe the power got cut or that, that the cell got broken or something that again, that's my assumption. Or, you know, when Wong lets him out, because exactly, cause we, we know Wong, which again, if you see Wong, when you're set, when he's sending him back in Shang-Chi, it's to that same exact cell that we see in the trailer. Yes. Yes. yes Marvel. <sighs> yes. Uh, I love that we got a tease of what her costume is going to look like when she does the superhero stuff, which looks very reminiscent to her look in the books. A lot of people had a problem with the CGI. I went on to the to the defense of Hold Your Stinking Horses. Uh, <laughs> the show still has like three and a half to four months before it comes out. They have plenty of time to do some touch ups if they need to, and I'm sure that they will. 
especially with the way that the industry is right now with so, pandemic and all that stuff. A lot of things are like to the wire getting finished up. So I feel like they're still probably going to have some time to do yes. some touch-ups and work on this stuff. But that being said, she's a CGI character. Like it's, it's it, it didn't as we're recording this, or I don't even know what, I can't remember when they dropped it a few days ago. It is late May right now. The show comes out August 17th. I think yes. they have plenty of fucking time to fix this. They only released this trailer as soon as they did because there was a convention over the weekend. They had to release the trailer to get hype for it and blah, blah, blah. They released it early. Obviously, the CGI wasn't fair. Well, Kyle, how come Hulk looks so good and She-Hulk did look so... They already have a fucking preset for Hulk. I yeah. Dude, I hate people that get so nitpicky over CGI. Like, they could fucking do better. Ugh! Now, if it looked like graphics from Shrek 2, that's a different case, but... Correct. There were some timing issues with her eyes and her emotions and, like, eyebrows and, like, her hand movements and stuff like that, which, again, is going to come. These are all things that you finish in, like... There's so many steps that this show has to go through. I cannot wait to see this because I think it's going to look phenomenal. But I'm excited. I'm excited for it. It's a few months away. It's it's one of those things where I felt like Marvel was going to be like, all right, we're going to drop everything like in the early summer mm -hmm. and then we're going to make you wait months and months and months for Black Panther to maybe come out in November. And now they're like, nope, just kidding. Like we got this coming out this month. We have that coming out this month. We got this coming out this month. We have everything now through like mid-September. We have Miss Marvel coming which, soon too, don't we? Miss Marvel comes out June 8th. Holy that'll shit. probably that'll wrap up right around the time when Thor Love and Thunder comes out. That'll be our uh Marvel thing through July. And then we have She-Hulk coming out at the end of August, which will carry us through most of September, I would assume. And then by then, we only have like another month or two before Black Panther should be coming out. And we get a Guardians yeah. Christmas special. And there's another yeah. Halloween special too. I Yes, the werewolf on that. So plenty of Marvel stuff to go around. So for me, I, I'm pumped about this trailer. I know I knew nothing about She-Hulk before this trailer. Obviously, once the trailer dropped, I watched it five times and then I watched five different people on YouTube react to it and break it down. <laughs> I that's how I consume Marvel content. I cannot wait for this. I think I love how it sounds like it's super true to the comics, the feel of it. People are like, oh, why is it so horny? Because that's She-Hulk. That's the character. And there's that John there Byrne run is very horny. There are how many times yeah. where she's drawn to be like basically naked and things are covering up her privates. And she's very aware of that. Yeah. Like throughout that comic too, she's did the Deadpool before Deadpool did Deadpool. Yeah. And that's the comics the other... and the movies. When I she heard, was like, when I first heard the word like de comparing Deadpool and she, I, oh, I got so excited. I, de I everyone knows Deadpool is my favorite. I cannot she wait. She would for that. give, she would give the writer and the artist shit in her own books. <laughs> oh, that's like, amazing. Give me a little bit of that flavor in this show, 
and I will absolutely love it, bro. That's all that I want. Listen, <laughs> oh, and okay. I want I want Matt Murdock too. I want if they to really show. wanted to. I'm just now thinking of it. If they really wanted to, the show could open up with that shitty CGI, and she could literally say, "What the fuck is this? We're not doing this show like that." And then, like they fit, that would be something like that would be fun. But anyway, when was the last time we saw anything quote unquote sexual in the MCU? Fucking Iron Man two, Iron Man one, like probably. Uh, Eternals had the first. Sex there was a sex. A yes. Okay. <laughs> no one fucking cares about Eternals anyway. But <laughs> I think I I cannot wave it. Like, sex is a part of normal life. People. I don't. Uh, anyway, I um, thought that it was funny when she carries that man dude, to the bedroom. First of all, there's also a WWE superstar as one of the dates, so a lot of people pop for that too. Yeah, I cannot wait for her to be on Tinder and to go on dates. I. It's so funny. I, yeah, I can't wait. And the actress, too. I know her. She's in Parks and Rec for only a couple episodes, but she was really good in the few episodes that she was in. So I'm very excited for her. Tatiana Maslany. Exactly. She was in uh, Orphan Black, too, which, if you've seen that show, it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, the Moon Knight episodes where Oscar Isaac was being two people at once. Oh, okay. Uh, she's got like clones and there's like a bunch of different clones of her that all interact with each other at once. So she's playing different versions of the same character. She's phenomenal in that show. I have no doubt in my mind that she's going to be phenomenal in this. We already mentioned Tim Roth and we already mentioned Mark Ruffalo. We also get Josh Segura, which I absolutely love. He played a big part in the arrow uh, universe and Jamila Jamil, who I think is awesome. I've never seen her in like a serious, she's going to be the villain role. I think she's going to crush it though. From what I've seen of her, she's a really good actor. So I cannot, I knew nothing about She-Hulk going into this trailer. I am so excited for this. And last, but certainly not least, we got another new trailer on Monday during the NBA Eastern Finals. A month away, Thor Love and Thunder. This trailer gave me what I wanted. It gave us a lot more of the mighty Thor, Jane Foster. We got our first looks at Christian Bale being Gore the God Butcher. We got some teases of Atlantis, and we even Mm -hmm. got to see Russell Crowe at the end of the trailer. Attempting Um, a Greek accent? (laughs) Whatever. I I love it. That, That scene... Gave me just as loud, if not a louder laugh than what you just did. Oh, absolutely. When, when, he, when he flicks his disguise off and, and he's then Valkyrie completely or... butt-ass naked. Yeah. Yep. And awesome. the, it, it was just Thor's response to, you flick too hard, damn it! <laughs> and then all of the women around Russell Crowe just faint. Because <laughs> obviously, apparently, Thor's hung. <laughs> Yes, I love it. I absolutely uh, do it. Yeah, and you mentioned it, like seeing Christian Bale as as Gore. I didn't know if we were going to see him this early. I thought maybe we would see him like, you know, a week or two before they would maybe show him in a trailer or something. I didn't. I I honestly didn't know how they were going to handle it. I'm so excited. He looks incredible. It's funny. When the action figures came out like a month ago, his action figure did not look good. (laughs) <laughs> and I was a little nervous, <laughs> but it's one of those where things where translated the plastic 
did not work. Sure. Because he looked awesome in that trailer. No, and because, and that, like, the, I think what works so well and what they, I think what Marvel does really well with some of their characters, not all of their characters, but making these CGI larger than life characters look more human and realistic. Being able to make it, especially a bad guy, if you can make them look somewhat realistic and instill that fear in the real light, in, in the real world, I think that goes so far. So I, that's my favorite part about it is that it's not, it's not just Christian Bale on a mocap. It's see, it's him just with a lot of makeup, and like, uh, yeah, I think he looks so cool. We learned that it's been over eight years since Thor and Jane have seen each other. That's insane. A lot of goodness to this trailer. I loved this trailer. I am having a very hard time not getting overhyped for this movie because. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I was so, 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 so stoked and excited for Thor Ragnarok. And that movie didn't fully work for me. It works for me on a movie level. We've talked. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) But as a comic book fan, it did not work for me. That movie leaned a little too hard on the humor when I didn't need it to. And I am getting very afraid that this movie might do the same thing because these trailers are doing what the Thor Ragnarok trailers did. They're getting me super hyped for this movie and they're (laughs) painting an even balance of dark and humor. There's so much dark coming. I think they, I don't think they showed us nearly the right ratio of the dark that's going to be in this movie. And I hope you're right. And I hope you're right because Gladiator Hulk which came from Planet Hulk. That story is super dark. His helmet looks a little goofy, I will say. (laughs) Ragnarok is literally the destruction and the end of all things for Asgardian Norse mythology. Mm -hmm. So that right there was like, this is going to be super dark. And the fact that they took those dark things and threw jokes on top of them and made them not as dark and made them very light is what didn't work for that movie for me. Sure. And serious badass characters were again treated as jokes in that movie, which I I struggle with that movie because I love that movie for what it is, mm-hmm. but it's, it's the comic book side of me that struggles <laughs> with it because I love Korg how he is in the MCU. Mm-hmm. But he's not the Korg from the books, and I loved that Korg too. So going into that movie with those expectations and then getting what we got. So maybe having a bit more time with the tone and the vibe that they've been giving Thor in the MCU. Sure. Hopefully helps me this time around. But like I said, I'm trying not to get overly hyped because, again, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And I but that laugh. being said, that being said, there's so much that this that these two trailers have already shown that I think will satisfy me with this movie. I love everything that we've been seeing of Mighty Thor, mm. uh, Jane Foster, and I think how that character is in the books. If they go down that route, if they Again, could mention hard. or touch that route, and they disservice it. I think that's going to be disservice it with humor. I yes. think that's going to be a, a bad mistake. The weight and the darkness that Gore the God Butcher holds, if they. 
if they quote unquote Ragnarok <laughs> gore like they did with Ragnarok. Sure. I might have some issues with that too. So like I said, sure. I'm I'm excited, but I'm trying to reserve my excitement. Right. I would rather I would rather go into that movie being like, I don't know about this, and then completely blown away. I would rather have that than to be overhyped for it and then come out and being like, well, that's not the movie that I wanted. Listen, <laughs> movies are supposed to hype you. They want you to buy tickets, but you also shouldn't go in with the unreal expectations. I've been trying to preach this forever. I'm just going to stop. <laughs> um, no, and I don't want to feed into your expectations anymore either. To me, the fact that they have a character, a villain called Gore the God Butcher in this movie feels to me like, okay, we hear what everyone's saying about Ragnarok. Let's turn that on its head. Not completely. Let's not Thor the Dark World this. I just watched it again last night. It's not as bad as everyone says, actually. I give it a lot of shit. It's actually not too bad. It's bad, but it's not It's not that bad. It's it's the worst it's not... MCU movie, in my opinion. Ah, second. Ah. Mm. I'd rather, I'd it, actually rather watch that than Eternals. It's, it's down there. It's I down think, there. I think people give it more shit than it deserves. The problem is with that movie is it's just so bland. Well, they like, also made an Infinity Stone a fucking like liquid mist. It was it yes. like shit happens, but at the same time, like you <laughs> get out of that movie and you're like, could we have just skipped <laughs> over that entirely? Yes. Loki so died like, and came back in the same movie. Like, yes, nothing, um, nothing had any weight to that not, as far as. I don't think they're going to flip it and go from Ragnarok to Dark World. I think they are going to, it, to me, again, this. Obviously, I have nothing to do with this movie, but it feels like they're going to meet in the middle here. That's what it feels because they had jokes. They had they had the haha, his dick is out. Like they have jokes in the in the trailer, but they also have the God Butcher fighting with fucking Valkyrie with Zeus's lightning bolt, where that is the only light source in this world. The rest of the fight is black and white and gray. The only light source is coming from Zeus. That shot. Blew my mind when I saw it. It was I cannot wait for that. That fight scene in particular is gonna be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I hope that they treat Thor like they did in Endgame mm. because mm. there was a lot of there was a lot of humor around him when it needed to be there and when it needed to be serious and when it needed to be heavy and in the moment. It did that. Yep. Like I I want that balance with Thor in this movie and with the world in this movie. And I really hope that Taika Waititi delivers that last point I'm going to make. I think they did a really good job in showing us Jane Foster in the first trailer. They showed her with basically her face covered. Yep. They teased her. They teased her. Which was perfect. And then they showed us actual Jane Foster, no mask, like in character acting, you know, like part of the, if they would have just showed us Jane Foster, no mask with the hammer, that would have been like, whoa, what the, like that, I think that would have been too much of a shock for an audience to see that, like, even though we know what happens in the comics, to see Natalie Portman <laughs> in the Thor costume with the hammer, that would have just looked like a Photoshop, like, okay, that'll be cool to see in the movies, never, like, I, for them to do it with the mask on and then take the mask off, I think that was so perfectly well done. And I liked how badass she was in this oh, whole trailer too. Yeah. Even even Thor at one point was like, "Hey, what you did there, that was that was really good. That was and really Thor's, cool." <laughs> Thor's the one that's hung up on her. She doesn't really seem she seems still maybe somewhat interested, 
But four is the one that's like, oh, you, you know, you still got feelings? Like, the, someone nudged at him? Like, I... And I, like, they was like... No. No. <laughs> I cannot wait for this movie, dude. I cannot wait. Ugh. And that being said, before we jump into the uh, best stuff of the week and wrap this up, we are going to segue into a teaser of what's to come on the Midwesterners podcast. That being our next Midwesterners read series. Talking about Thor, talking about Gore the God Butcher, we are going to be jumping into that run of Thor for our next Midwestern Nerds read. The God Butcher saga, the God Bomb, that whole storyline. The first storyline in the incredible Jason Aaron Thor run. I have my giant omnibus tomb right here within it. Kyle is going to shortly pick up the book as well. Uh, we are going to be posting links where you can get this book, probably on Amazon, uh, where you can get this run. It is only 11 issues long, so our shortest Midwesterners read to date. We are going to be dropping this right around the time when Thor Love and Thunder comes out. If we can time this perfectly, we will do it like the two weeks beforehand, just so that we can all get familiar with the character, with this run in the books, before we go into the movie. Kyle, I'm going to be very curious to see where your thoughts and expectations lie with the movie after you read this. If you'll get a little bit of what I got in Thor Ragnarok, I hope not. If you ruin this for me, Brian, (laughs) if you ruin this for me, this might be the end of reads. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I know I am genuine. So okay, question going into this because I just thought of this, this is a this is a God Butcher run, correct? Yes. Is yes. this a, also a Jane Foster run? No. Like is she mm-hmm. Thor? No, because no. that comes much later, doesn't it? That's like a newer development in the comics. It is the same run, but she doesn't show up until later. Got it. In okay. The run. That's, that's so all. okay. The story that we're reading that just has Gore the God Butcher has Thor. And the interesting part about it is it has different versions of Thor. Ooh. So interesting. I so when we've when we get two different versions of Thor in this next movie, I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if that is going to relate somehow, some way to the run that we're gonna get into. That's all that I really want to tease is that no, that's perfect. It is it is the whole story of Gore the God Butcher, and we get different versions of Thor in this story, and that's all that I want to tease. That's all I want to say. It's a lot of fun. The artwork is absolutely gorgeous. I cannot wait to get into this and to start reading it and to start talking about it with you guys. Does this mean it's I get to, be a lot of fun? Uh, well, okay, spoiler for anyone who is about to read this too. Does this mean I get to read about Gore using the Necro Sword to kill the fucking the where we get nowhere, right? He that that's how we get the head of the why am I forgetting? The Celestial. Oh, the Celestial. That would be interesting if they did that in the movie. Because well, no, because I think that already happened in the movie because that well, maybe. I don't know because I think I again. This is me. I think from hearing this from third parties, I believe that Thor's 
Gore's sword, the Necro sword, not necessarily used by Gore, but I believe that that was used to decapitate that celestial and create that planet, the head of the celestial. I believe in comic uh, lore. So I don't know if that's in this run or not. That's why I was asking. I don't remember. Because maybe I'm it's being not even going to Yeah. No, that's fair. I I haven't read this probably since like the early 2010s. So it'll be awesome. Probably close to 10 years ago. I remember the main chunks of it. The finer details in between, I don't remember. But I do remember having a really good time with it and enjoying it a lot. And I am very excited to get into it. I'm very excited for all of us to get into it. If we like it enough, maybe we can jump into some more into some Jane Foster parts of that run maybe. later on. I personally haven't read those yet. Sure. So, but that being said, like I've got the giant tomb, the volume one of this run, uh, which covers like the first uh, like 40 some issues. So hopefully I can find a good spot for us to jump in with some uh, Mighty Thor, some sure. Jane Foster Thor within that. If not, we might have to wait a little bit. Yeah, we'll figure it out. I got a couple ideas for the next reads that I want to do. I'll run by yeah, off off air here. Excellent. Sounds good. But before we do that, before we get off air, before <laughs> we talk about that stuff, let's get into the best off of the week. I don't really have a best stuff. Things have been kind of crazy and chaotic in the uh, life of Brian the last couple weeks. The only thing that I've really done as far as entertainment wise is revisit Stranger Things in preparation for Stranger Things 4, which comes out the same day that this episode comes out. There's so much coming out today. So much coming out today. Uh, So that's all that I've really done as far as entertainment wise. Kyle. Do you have a best stop for the week? So, I do. First, let me just say, I just watched Avengers again two nights ago. Please go, just rewatch Marvel movies. There's so much, they're somehow more fun on rewatch. Because you, there's so many things, it's such a well-told story that they tease things early on, and then you pick up on them when you rewatch them. It's just so much fun. My actual best stop for this week is something that I actually haven't seen yet. I'm, I'm suggesting this to myself and to everyone else. <laughs> Go I watch. think this is the first time that we've had a best-off yep. recommendation for one's own self. Yep. <laughs> I have heard nothing but phenomenal things about this. We all need to go and watch Chippendale's Rescue Adventure on Disney+. Plus Because from the... I And I got spoiled on the one big cameo. But I... I, I did too. I, it I did makes too. Me, it makes me even more excited <laughs> to go watch this movie. I... Apparently, they just murder the parody rule in 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 the director of this movie will not talk about this movie in interviews he will only direct questions to his lawyer because he does not want to get sued out of the ass by all of the characters that they have in this i cannot wait to actually watch this movie i heard that they flat out in the movie thank the disney lawyers for doing their magic because the things that they were able to put in this movie I are to the wait. level where it's like, how were they even able to do that? Because like, they abused the parody law, and I cannot <laughs> wait to see this in full action. I 
listeners will remember I was championing this movie. You were as early as the announcements when they came out that John Mulaney and Andy Samberg were going to be Chip and Dale. Holy shit, I didn't even know that. I'm watching this movie tonight. <laughs> Chippendale Rescue Rangers is one of those shows that when I that I remember catching on Toon Disney at motels. Yeah. Being like, I love this show, but I don't have cable and I don't have access to it. So when I can get get it, I will eat it all up. It was one of those shows that I really loved as a kid, but didn't have a whole lot of access to it. Now that it's on Disney Plus, I have neglected to go back and watch that series to see if it still has the fondness. But I do remember a lot of good things about it. I've always been excited for this movie. And again, life's just been kind of chaotic to the point where... I had full intentions of watching it last weekend. <laughs> I really wanted to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit beforehand because yeah, people were like, it's huge the, Roger Rabbit. The, yes, there's a lot of vibes and connections to that movie. I got to watching that one. I did not get to watching Chippendale. I still haven't confirmed yet whether or not Ashley wants to watch it, <laughs> my girlfriend. So. If she doesn't, then it's going to be a little bit harder to find a time to watch it than if she does. And if she does, then again, we got to figure out when we're going to watch it. Because just uh, as today, like we said, a lot of things are coming out. Obi-Wan's coming out. That's top priority list for me. Make a trip down um, to Milwaukee. We'll just binge watch a bunch of shit. <laughs> Stranger Things 4 comes out. Uh, we've been catching up with Stranger Things. Like I said this week, we're halfway through season three. At the recording of this, hopefully we'll be all the way through that by the time Friday comes so we can just jump right into four. Top Gun Maverick comes out today. This is a cardinal sin, but it's one of those movies that everybody has seen that I have not seen. And that being the first Top Gun movie, I own it on Blu-ray. I got it <laughs> last year. I got it last year during Black Friday for five bucks. Just haven't had the time to watch it. I picked it up knowing that Maverick was coming out for the past three years. Thanks, COVID. And you're giving uh, me shit so... for not seeing all six of Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> Intended to watch it. Just haven't gotten to it yet. But the things that people are saying about Top Gun Maverick makes me want to go back, watch the first Top Gun, and then go to the theater this weekend. I've got hopefully a four-day weekend to do it. Hopefully I can find some time to do it and all of these things. Speaking of all of these things, next week on the Midwesterners podcast, I'm just going to assume at this point we're going to be talking Star Wars. Probably. Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan drops two episodes. That in and of itself, I think, is worth a revisit to the Midwestern Nerds TV talk. Maybe so hopefully things. I'll just throw that out there. Maybe, but I doubt it. I kind of doubt it, too. I know, personally, the Stoffel household is going to need some time to get through that before we can talk about it. But... I'm going to anticipate talking at least about those first two episodes of Obi-Wan. If that doesn't stretch long enough for a full episode, maybe we can jump into uh, the last Star Wars show that came out, Boba Fett, which we haven't really talked about yet, and whether or not that show was worth having (laughs) and worth existing. So I think we can have a full-on Star Wars episode next week, so anticipate that, plan on that. That's going to be our plan moving forward. But before we get to that episode, we need to wrap up this one. 
We have been your Midwesterners. That's M-I-D-W-E-S-T-E-R-N-E-R-D-S. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Midwestern Nerds. We are the Midwestern Nerds podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to send us an email, you can send that to MidwesternNerds at gmail.com. You can find our podcast wherever you can find a podcast. Please remember to rate and review us, share and subscribe. All of these things help this channel to continue to grow and improve and be the best Midwesterner show that you could possibly imagine listening to. I have been your host this week, Brian Stoffel. And I've been Kyle Olson. And whether it's Beer Brats Comics or Good, Bad, In-Between CGI and all of the trailers and all of the Marvel and everything. Keep it nerdy. nerdy.